Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast where you can make it your own and be yourself and you use right. that sample that's in every EDM song ever. Yep. So I think I clip I think I clip my audio. I'm sorry. It's, it's it's okay. You are you are Jimmy Belikoff. Yes. And and the other oh, was uh was, was Matt Visual. Yeah. Yes. And and I am George Weedman. And I don't I don't I don't think we really have anything to argue about this week, unlike last time. People like thought we were at each other's throats. Yeah. People, were people we? are not good mm. at Right, people, telling people that are it's, not good at a lot of things. Yeah, all right. Like uh, I, I, you would think that you know, I don't know. You would. It, it's a podcast. It's, it's a, you know, we're entertaining. We're having yeah. fun. And and why would you get mad at not liking a like? Who cares? You didn't follow the dog. <laughs> it's so big game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not starting that because you know once you once you once you feed the George dog. He starts yeah. to bark a bit. Oh, so. and, then he, and then he goes my to the east. Now? <laughs> and then okay. he goes I to mean, Twitter. you guys didn't even follow the dog, so really, it's your fault. Uh, I, upon reviewing my footage, I didn't even see the dog. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the dog is not as obvious as you said he was. He even I was makes talking to other people, noise. and they were like, I "No, I went know. north because it was like." It's like where you're supposed to go. I know. So and like, when I, I saw that diagram that, that showed the North Diamond getting put in the North, I didn't see the North Diamond. I just saw like, oh, okay, in this game, I have to put the diamond-shaped pegs in the diamond-shaped holes. So what have you anyway, been playing, Jimmy? Yeah, I was going to say, we were just going <laughs> to not argue about this this week. Um, so I played, I mean, I played a little bit of poker and I went to Wednesday Night Fights again last night. Um, and that was fun. It was really hype. But... Uh, I guess the only actual thing I've been playing as of late has been Metroid Prime 2 Echoes on the GameCube. Why uh, Metroid Prime 2? Because it's my favorite Metroid game. Ah. Uh. Aside from Fusion, which is actually my favorite Metroid game, but Prime 2 is like it's like a half a point off. Like they they are equals in my eyes. Better for... than Super? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's some that's something. Yeah. <laughs> Fight me, everybody! Yeah, no arguments, Fucking please. fight me! No arguments. Uh, uh, okay, no, okay. Fucking I, fight me! No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to fight anybody. I, I really don't want to hear it. I, <laughs> I, you, I'll hear it from you, George, but I don't want to get like Twitter bombed. Well, by... I don't really have that much to say because I, I actually own a copy of Metroid Prime Two on the GameCube and never really got that far into it for whatever reason. It didn't hook me back in 2004, right? Mm-hmm. And um. I went through Metroid Prime recently, number one, on the uh, Wii U with the updated waggle controller scheme, and I enjoyed the control scheme, but the game didn't hold up as well as I remember it, but I don't know. I remember Metroid Prime 2 getting good reviews that said it was better than the first game, but it didn't score as high because I guess it was not the first game. Um... Yeah, I can understand that, but I think Prime 2 is just better in every way. Um, there's more... I mean, there's the... The uh, the stakes feel more tangible in Prime 2. Like, what's going on and stuff. The I think it was very fresh for a Metroid game to have, like, the dark and the light beam, ammo in, your, in like, the beam weapons. It had some, like, interesting stuff that was new to the series like the interesting like items and concepts i i i know it's like 
probably something that people dislike, but the dark worlds just like doing ambient damage to you if you're not inside of the light bubbles, I think added a huge like amount of tension to the dark world treks. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the dark suit, it's like still early in the game, but it halves the damage and it makes that feel like like you've gained like an immense amount of power, even though it's like not <laughs> that big of a deal. Like I don't know. I, I really I don't know. I think it's a, a pretty goddamn good Metroid game. That's a mechanic you really surprisingly don't see that much is just a kind of poisonous environment forcing you to stay inside little bubbles. It's something usually only reserved for gimmick levels, but the only other time I think I can remember that happening for an entire game length was, uh, do you remember Lost Planet? I remember, yes. but I did not play very far into it. It was very, the very blizzard. chilly in Lost Planet. So your guy had to, uh, there was there was a warmth meter always running down unless you were close to, um, like like fires or or sources other sources of heat. Did, didn't you have to kill the arachnid things to get their juice to to mm-hmm. get heat as well? So so it kept you going. It was like cranked. Yeah, mm. you constantly needed juice. Yeah, to, to the keep fighting. Juice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to keep shooting the the little the little balls on them. Yeah. Okay, I have. I will admit though, I've been apprehensive about starting up a run of Metroid Prime Two though, because I've heard I've heard nightmare stories about a late game uh, fetch quest ordeal. So that- I haven't gotten that far. Uh, I'm about six ish hours into the game. Uh, I've done one of the three main like temple treks where you have to like go do the temple light and dark and then you like return power to something and i think that there's more after that and then there's the fetch quest thing um i don't know when i played it originally i had no issues with the fetch quest because what it felt like to me was you are now at maximum power look at all like it was like a cathartic look back at like remember all the shit that gave you trouble back when you were like bad and you had yeah. no items and you had nothing and now you're just like you're just flying through it you're <laughs> screw attacking over gaps that are like like used to give you problems like you're just fucking blowing up people in one hit with your annihilator beam like that's what that felt like to me maybe a bit long and that would probably be like the biggest downside of that game is that particular part but like god i think i like fusion and prime 2 for the same reason which is Dark Samus and the SAX are just like incredible villains to have oh, like man. throughout the world. God, I the Dark love Samus that rooms in Fusion are so good. Like they're so scary. There's a lot of fans who talk shit about Fusion, but I fucking love it for like random moments of survival ass horror suddenly yeah. happening in my Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then um I, I I call back to this video every now and then, but it's a really old video by a guy named the Gaming Brit. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, I know him. Um, he did this, like, 25-minute retrospective on why, like, the Prime series was a good 3D Metroid and other M was not. And one of the things he pointed out that I always look back fondly on Prime 2 is, like, when Samus and Dark Samus first meet, like... They're like actually face to face in the same room, and it's like a quick cutscene that plays. And like Samus drops in, and then Dark Samus is not- notices her. They both raise their guns. Dark Samus like tilts her head a little bit to the side, and they both start like strafing, like kind of gaining tactical advantage while figuring out what the other's doing. It's so fucking cool. It's like this. That's like the best representation of Samus as a character without saying any words, and it just like so cool and 
badass and then you get to fight dark samus and it's fucking cool and that game's awesome and i'm enjoying my playthrough quite a bit that sounds really awesome i'm glad you're you're playing a game that you enjoy that i would probably also enjoy as well were i to play it i the only i'm interested (laughs) because i'm playing it on gamecube because i have a gamecube that can play it and i have it on gamecube but i also have it on wii u virtual console the trilogy the prime trilogy and in the Prime Trilogy, they redid the controls for the the Wiimote motion controls mm-hmm. to be like Prime 3. And I'm really curious to see how Prime 2 and 1 hold up with Prime 3's control Actually, scheme, if it makes it better or worse. really well. I really, really enjoyed my time with prime one for that because it was a rare opportunity where i actually was able to use good motion controls mm. for once that really doesn't happen as often as as it should i mean the game's level design i think kind of didn't hold up as well as as i remember it but um actually i don't know if it was level design so much as pacing oh, what a really weird ambiguous abstract design um issues that cropped up the longer i played it even though the atmosphere and and the lore is still fantastic but yeah basically Mm -hmm. you point the remote at the tv move it around crosshair uh pans your camera at the edges of screens but it um kind of feels a lot more responsive and accurate you're no longer fighting with the auto aim you can still auto aim easily with the press of a button but you don't really need to if you're paying attention to what you're doing you can hold down the trigger and start circle strafing around enemies or actually play it like a traditional fps and popping in and out of cover which you could not really do with the gamecube controls that well yeah uh the co- that's the thing is like combat with prime is weird because like <laughs> yes. it's kind of so okay this is like the most pretentious i'll probably ever sound talking about a video game but i strongly stand by this are you gonna say that... ludo narrative dissonance no okay um <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the thing with the metroid series is that they all kind of have bad frictioning controls um but i don't see it as a negative thing like because of the what the theme of the game is it's actually the opposite of ludo narrative dissonance it's it's like exactly sonance. Ludo narrative. The- <laughs> yeah. Ludo narrative. So God, I know the word. I you know what, know. You know what I'm the, trying to say. Right at the, tip. The, the theme and the gameplay work together hand in hand because you are a human in a big bulky metal suit walking around an alien environment. You shouldn't feel like you know what you're doing. You should feel unstable. You're literally like spaceman on the space planet like gravity would be different the environment would be different everything would be different if you're on an alien world so feeling like it's very hard to control yourself thematically works well and the game is not difficult in a way where you ever feel like those controls like hamper your ability to successfully beat bosses or beat enemies or jump up to an area like it feels awkward but it feels not out of place, I guess. They're loose, but understandable? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, again, I I know that sounds like pretentious because I'm like, oh, it's bad, but its flaws actually make it better. But like, <laughs> like that's, I truly believe like that's that has always made me feel more in like immersed, I guess, in place. Like in all Metroid games is like if I was in this situation, I'd probably be feel as clunky irl as this does i really 
absolutely adore the way the prime games handle movement like how you yeah. kind of have a uneven glide like it's definitely mm-hmm. a little smoother of a walking motion in most fps games but at the same time you have a slow head bob yeah there's no there's not much shaky cam so much as there is like actual samus neck snapping to one object to another and back it's yeah. it's a really really interesting way of handling fps movement that is smooth as butter executing but really different than the norm yeah also like for a 3d platformer with you know controls that i mentioned are frictiony and kind of weird it like functions pretty goddamn well just like jumping to spaces the way you like tilt your aim down when you double jump a little bit automatically so that you can like find your footing i think i I still have the muscle memory like memorized of holding the r trigger looking down holding l and starting the platforming which screwed up a lot of people there were a lot of reviewers who just could not get used to the platforming in that game and i was like no you can you can lock your view down just hold l and it's super easy Mm. all of a sudden yeah anyways so i'm not going to ramble on more about that it's an older game but I still think it holds up quite well. Matt, what have you been playing? Uh, I'm not going to mention one of them because I know you, but I did play the demo of Final Fantasy 15. Oh, 15. oh. Uh, how's that? I know the game was uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. It's a Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going I, over oh, to your no. house tomorrow to watch you play it, and I can't wait. I This is literally, like, the one thing I've been looking forward to for the most <laughs> two days. Because, like, any bit of... of uh, oh, God, I, I bit the hook, didn't I? Any any bit of, of time <laughs> I can get with that game is beautiful. But anyways, let's, let's not dwell on it. it um, Salt and Sanctuary, I did play hours of that like in one day with a friend um that is that is a good game i know that is i mean speaking of metroid dollars it's 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 really really long and diverse lots of different enemies and ais and places and And bosses a good 20 hours of content there and this little two-person indie the husband and wife team for 18 how did they do it i don't know and it it's good it also looks really good for what they were the the look they were trying to nail like basically dark souls by way of old gorillas album art like there are some really it's the same art style he's always been using from dishwasher yeah but Mm. if you go back and look at dishwasher it's much much lighter on the detail there's actually a lot more like really clever use of parallax scrolling um that I, I don't know like like some areas look a little weird but i was really really impressed with how much quality they oh, retained the over background. the long term ah uh, okay okay yeah it, dude oh my gosh some of the some of the bosses the, the way they do the atmosphere with like leading up to certain bosses and the stupid unicorns oh my gosh okay that, so you that's go the only the ruin temple <laughs> That's okay. uh, probably the one area in the game that I think is the least polished, but once you're out of it, the game's like right back so so hard on point. So so have you gotten to the crazy platforming puzzles deeper uh, in those woods? You mean the the Mega Man disappearing crap? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's where the unicorns are at. That was also the the part of the game where I was like, wow, okay, this isn't just Dark Souls. It's also just as much a castlevania or metroid basically yeah. non-linear oh. platformer see i didn't know anything about the game other than 
it was made by that guy and um that it was a 2D Dark Souls. And I was like, I'm sold on that. Like I'm I'm good. I played this guy's games games in the past. I'm good. <laughs> then I I started getting brands and I was just like, oh, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And suddenly I, you're wall jumping and, and de- <sighs> hair dashing and sliding. You're you're Simon <sighs> Belmont. The game is good, guys. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm pretty sure you've you've heard it to death. The game is damn good. Um, hmm. Also, um, uh, the Final Fantasy 15 demo is what I expected. Of course, obviously, they said that you know the resolution that's at like it, it's just you know it's just a thing that they put out for you, for people to play. It's not the you know the final how the game is gonna look or whatever because it doesn't look too. It looks like a, what I thought a console game would look like. So I mean, I wasn't expecting much, but that game. It's basically it's it's basically Kingdom Hearts. Like I'm I'm happy. I am so happy, dude. I'm so it's happy. Kingdom Hearts combat on a on a different skin, but, different but story, all, different worlds. Yeah, but it's but it's also like the level design that's straight out of Kingdom Hearts. Like when you turn small, like all of that stuff. I mean, mm. obviously the team worked on it that worked on Kingdom Hearts, but like it's great to see that in the Final Fantasy game. What, like what I liked about kingdom hearts is in here and i mean like for they have disappearing weapons it's obviously <laughs> kingdom hearts like it's the same damn oh, thing yeah. they have you press a button and it just materializes it just in your materializes. hand and then it's the best thing the ever and it fizzles away yeah i don't i'm not like obviously it's like a little tech demo thingy yeah. It, it didn't feel too good. It didn't feel too good yeah, at all. It was a little clunkier than yeah. I was expecting. Like you know, I, you I, you know what I hate the most is when you jump and then your character just kind of flops down on the floor. It just oh, it just does not feel good. And plus, you can't climb on anything, and it just like feels like we're going backwards. And I'm just hoping that this is just some demo that they made a while back, you know, and they just tossed it out real quick or whatever, some old build. Because that that would be disappointing it if does it was look really anywhere near this thing, which early. I hope. But but you still I because earlier on you were like oh boy yay I like this thing and now you're like oh no I'm a little worried about this thing and I I don't know where I stand either like that was the same kind of conflict of emotion I was going through it because it's real quirky and fun and cute and and mm. to, to, I really like the game style. But when it comes down to combat and exploring, combat was really, really like clunky and hard to grasp how how this game's fusion of turn based and real time works. If if you're already used to Kingdom Hearts, I'm sure you could adjust yourself to it quicker than I could. But there's this it's different. Remember the final final dodge thing was so. What's, what's the name of the Ugh, um that name the the special attack you get in the final battle? It's called something like warp. See, oh, warp strike, and warp that's strike. the thing. I I couldn't figure that out. Like, what triggers a warp strike and what doesn't? I don't know. Apparently, I, my <laughs> friend was watching me because apparently I killed really the cool. guy too fast and I didn't get the power up. <laughs> oh, quality. I killed the guy too. Cause oh. I was like, wait, I thought I was supposed to get more stuff. I don't want yeah. this. Like, it feels so, ugh. It doesn't look like how the trailer made it look. Um, but like, but you, uh, you know, hopefully you it's just a little tech demo that they just tossed out. Tried the camera. You can tell it's a little tech demo they crossed out because there are buttons on the floor that make it turn nighttime or daytime. 
Yeah, it's like yeah, such exactly. a, a exactly. early stage tech demo thing. Look, this game has a day night cycle. You probably will not actually have the game dynamically change from day to night, but the maps can adjust to day to night real well if you want them to. <laughs> yeah. So there's buttons on the ground that change it from day to night. There's buttons on the ground that all of a sudden swap your character model out for an alligator or something or cars. I, I really didn't like how exploration was guided by basically floating collectible shards, Sims logos. Hmm. There was not much reason to look in every nook and cranny in the level except for floating shards that increased a number in the corner of your screen and made some <laughs> blocks on the ground that turned you into cars or whatever unlock. But I, I wish there were just NPCs that speak in text bubbles. That's not expensive. There's a little rat that talks to you in text bubbles through the whole game. You don't got to voice act people, but... I, I felt like I was walking through the city, a real comfy, lovable city at night that, that looked like super charismatic JRPG hometown location. But there was just uh, not much life to it that I, I really hope the final game has. Yeah, I, 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 I hope. I hope. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, positive talk about the episode Duskants demo that they released last year. It came with copies of Dissidia HD, I think. But that actually had you playing a chapter from the game rather than a demo level they made for a demo. But I'm really wondering if they made this level for this demo or if this level was, like you were saying, a tech demo that they also cranked out naturally during the development cycle anyway as a as part of like an e3 demo rather than a public demo because it does feel a lot irrepres more irrepresentative than what i was expecting and you can kind of tell when you're going through it they don't hide it yeah yeah there aren't going to be buttons in the final game that change it from daytime to nighttime <laughs> i i i would hope not yeah i i and it, what scares me the most is the it's just the way they they have the comment with the the dodge button you know you hold it to dodge mm. instead of just pressing it in the time you know like watching animations and stuff over. like that like it, that just that's what you gotta I, worry about yeah i just hope that a lot of that stuff what they did with the combat how it feels a little like it, kind of cut up you know like switching the weapons seems to flow very well but it didn't feel right like the combos didn't feel right so i all it is, I don't, I, I can't speak on a demo. So they, they said that they were just tossing it out for people to try. Hopefully, hopefully it's not that. I don't want it to be anywhere near the demo, like the combat and stuff. So hopefully it's a lot better. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's a lot better. But you also I, I, I'm too to hyped for like the game Kingdom for it to Hearts, fail. So now it's like Kingdom Hearts. It, it is kind of like Kingdom Hearts, but it's not, it's not the combat. That, that combat is, it's too, a little too basic for Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is, you know, basic, but that, it doesn't, Kingdom Hearts feels right. You know what I'm saying? You're just slashing, you're doing air attacks, and it, this one, you're just kind of, you're just kind of holding a holding button. Holding a button. Yeah, it's really, yeah. it's really a a bad experience in my opinion. It's just in, but the world, you can, and the way you interact, and the cute, cutesiness is very Kingdom Heartsy. I'm a fan of the cutesiness. Yeah, I uh, I want more cutesiness, and that's probably because I got brought up playing these grisly brown shooters called Quake and Unreal Tournament. Uh, 
Okay, so this week I did a video about bots, about FPS bots and old arena shooters like that, which ended up having me play with those old map editors, which was a shitload of fun. Mm. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast a lot before, but when I was a teenager, one of my biggest hobbies was making maps in Jedi Knight 2 and Jedi Academy, which ran on the Quake 3 engine. So as far as the map editor was concerned, it was more or less the same exact um, one that Quake 3 used. For for Jedi Knight, they used the Quake 3 engine. They basically put 90% of, of their programming engineering effort into getting the lightsaber combat working. The guns were modified versions of Quake 3 guns, and the level editor was almost exactly the same. They just kind of changed the default lighting values. But yeah, like muscle memory was coming back to me. I was... Uh, clicking and dragging out a basic u-shape to text bot ai and i was really surprised at how quick and easy these tools were even back then in the late 90s early 2000s and the quake 3 level editor you more or less click or drag out a box and uh the unreal editor which i had never actually used before ever it was my first time mm. you instead of clicking and dragging out a solid cube you start out with the cube shape and then modify it and then press a button called subtract which automatically creates a solid cube it's a little bit more of a elaborate process to get going but it ends up saving time in the later stages of map development because when you drag out that solid cube and then hollow it out it creates um six sides of other solid cubic shapes that then form walls and floors and you have to individually reshape every one of them to make sure that none of their corners overlap and also retexture all the outside layers of this that the player won't see with a shader called caulk which basically makes that texture not render at all this is optimization work it saves on the player's frame rate and it really makes a difference in a level's performance between uh it, whether or not the map editor spent huge ass amounts of time optimizing their level for for performance by trimming every single bit of overlapping geometry and also making sure that every surface the player cannot see has this particular shader applied to it meanwhile in unreal engine the reason you subtract cubes instead of dragging cubes out is to automate that so it's it was really weird and enlightening to see how how these two systems work like the, the the methodology of making a cube in unreal is is kind of based on the vertices of of coordinates you drag out in the editor whereas in unreal ah, whereas in quake it's it's about where that cube is on a grid graph that uh it's really hard to explain but <laughs> for for whatever reasons in my own head like it was like a light bulb turning on suddenly the world made a lot of sense and it kind of made me think about how um the, the the butterfly effect of life just works like maybe if i was a teenager making maps for unreal tournament i might not have gotten so turned off from game development by how much optimization and, and incredibly grueling detail work is required in the later stages of building a map that maybe I would have different interests now. Maybe I would want to want to be making more games rather than just writing about games. Yeah. Cause I actually that, have it downloaded myself. Oh, uh, what do you have downloaded? Uh, the, the engine the unreal engine. or unreal. Okay. Is it UE4? 
Or is it one yeah. of the older ones? No, no. It's the new one that's uh, free. It has to be okay. four, right? Four is the one that's free. Yeah, because what I was using was a uh, really, really old one for Unreal Tournament 1999, which uh, comes with the GOG version of the game, believe it or not. You install the game and it automatically installs the old map editor, which makes sense because it came on the same disc as the game back in the day. Because they, they wanted people to be making content for it even back then. And uh, it was always the case that you would see shitloads of maps come out for both of these games all the time, but never any player models or animation sets because the you had to do that in a separate 3D modeling program that was like five hundred to one thousand dollars, whereas the map editor was free. And I I really it just really makes me curious now to wonder how different that is. Like, do you still need to load up 3DS Max and import meshes into whatever map editor Unity uses? Or can you actually make models in Unity? Because all these real real cheap and easy unity games you see all over the place still have a much higher degree of custom made meshes and assets that uh you'd see on the like file sharing modding websites back for the days of unreal tournament and quake 3 hmm. oh i had a blast though <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i have no i have no idea i have not messed around in a while i used to mess around with some some halo maps back in the day you know some call of duty maps but that's pretty much it for me halo yeah i was about to say what what maps were people could people even make for halo in uh, uh forge oh yeah. no forge yeah, okay. and also maps for the old pc old pc games was there um, a map halo- editor for pc versions of halo you, you could you could uh i i don't know if, there were mods. There were <laughs> there mods. Were, there were mods, but they weren't. It, it wasn't anything like the same scene for Quake and Unreal Three. Like the developers no, didn't not release tools same. to encourage it. Yeah, <laughs> but it still ha- like there's a really good uh, fan made update of Halo One that that has its fidelity almost on par with the anniversary release. It probably kills the frame rate, but um, yeah, they they exist. I, I'm ah uh, just just like surprise like did you actually have experience making mods for halo on pc no i i would there there was used to be this form back in the day that basically we had our own group of people that were um constantly playing on the same servers we had private servers a bunch of private servers i, I forgot the form the old form posts um and i used to we used to like make ideas and the the modder would like kind of change up the 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 spawns for certain items and and make our own game modes within it. Uh did a lot of that for Call of Duty as well. I didn't personally do it. Yeah. But Call it was like is, it's like it was like a community thing. And the, the first Call of Duty was super duper moddable cuz it was also yeah. using a re- just like Jedi Knight very um basic modifications of Quake that they released tools for personally modding man i i don't think i've come close to what you've what you've (laughs) you've done well i also didn't really do anything real fancy like i was just a teenager kind of wasting time i i didn't release i I only as far as public releases go i just posted them on a forum that 
was in the gaming community I played with, but I never really showed up on any of the big modding websites and never really got that good at it so much as now all of a sudden, 10 years after doing that and kind of forgetting about it, it was able to help me inform these videos a lot better. And then I never touched it again until literally two nights ago. And and I was actually amazed. Like, you guys should give it a shot. It's uh because the, the story of the past decade has been that game development's gotten easier. The bar has gotten lower. So when I loaded up these old editors from 1999 and saw how easy it was to just <laughs> draw in a basic U-shaped corridor and go ahead and start testing things out within like 10, 15 minutes, I was like, wow, if it's only gone down low from there, then then what excuse have I been having my whole life? So so as fun as it was, it was also a little crushing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I could be making games this whole time. Yeah, it's funny when you hear someone who's an indie developer that was very successful and they're like, oh, yeah, I got my start like making like little mods for like Oblivion or something like that. Some people get yeah, jobs like ROM hacks because or something. of that. Uh, I, I remember um, a fellow developer who listens to the show, um, Fred, he, he was talking about uh, certain people at his company getting jobs through, oh, uh, make a game. Make make a make a mod for the Oblivion, and you might be able to uh, get a game because they need like to see proof of their ability to make something. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's it's quite interesting to see how kind of people get their start and stuff like that. And I don't know, like it's it, also it makes me think about it too because I used to mess around with Game Maker, and that's the closest I've come to actually making games, actually completing stuff for college. And it was fun. And I and I have it installed. I, I, I thought about it um, a week ago and I was like, I have it installed. I'm like, man, I should probably go in there. And then like, oh, no, I have to play games. I can't I can't make them right now. I have to edit and record and stuff like that. So, yeah. I am yeah. thinking I might just make a video about taking another stab at doing this time. It'll be Unreal Maps. I Oh, shit. That actually reminds me. I did try to install the UE4 dev tools and it didn't work on my computer it, it wanted some microsoft visual c plus plus runtime library that i had to go on the website and log in and install a tool for and i was just like i ain't got time for this but i i it, it is a little reassuring though knowing that i can at least use the old tools still to some capacity after all these years hmm because uh it's it's they have they have guis they have interfaces they they are at least like 2% idiot proof. And I was like, wow, I can do this. If I can do this, then surely everyone can. Maybe some other idiot can do this. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm already starting off at my level. Like, like a kid getting into it for the first time would, would be at a way better advantage than, than me. But yeah, I, I also, I'm reassured because the tools constantly change and like developers, I, I was under the impression that d developers were usually these math whiz programming geniuses, like the people <laughs> who make the tools, the people who do the underlying um, super abstract computer engineering that simulates 3D world, a 3D world at all is probably a much, much smaller handful of people in the industry than I originally thought. Most of them are probably clicking and dragging out U-shapes, but then making them fancier like like I was the other night, because I still 
I don't know. There was something really reassuring about just making a U-shaped tunnel and being like, oh, I did this. <laughs> it was yeah. cool. That was cool. Uh, yeah, I guess. Do we do we have any other fun stories before we get into the news? Uh, no, no, no. I think we're good. OK, uh, really quickly, though, I do want to say if you're listening to this on the weekend uh, that, that we're recording it, that means there's a free Rainbow Six Siege weekend. If you guys haven't tried to give it a shot, I encourage you to give it a shot. It's a great game. And I also, didn't know that. <laughs> I know. I, I talk about it all the time. Um, uh, the new Unreal Tournament is not actually bad. I was worried. Because <laughs> they, they're doing this like free-to-play early access. The community develops it along with us. That's just like really weird and seems like kind of a cop-out for for taking an old traditional publisher funded knockout a triple a game in two years route but it's actually not bad it's pretty good i had a shitload of fun with it the other night and <laughs> it made me happy to know that unreal tournament still exists to some capacity on a modern day engine it looks fantastic it runs fantastic you can d- bounce off walls and pinball all over the place in a really super duper fast way and and the character models are tiny and you have to be really twitchy and crazy it's great cool it's great nice uh and last but not least i'm about to try a game that has a really bad tutorial up have you guys heard of this thing called lost reavers on the wii u uh sounds familiar no. bandai namco is putting it out it's a free to play dungeon crawler that uh you play cooperatively with your friends on the internet oh yeah and I think my friend Colin, who we've had on the podcast one time before, he loves, like me, laughing at garbage. So I think he deliberately picked like a really garbage looking game to see how it turns out, which is funny because the trailers looked really fancy. And then I loaded it up through the tutorial level and it was duh. in the trailers. There was no first person shooting. And in the tutorial level, you play a very, very slow, clunky first person shooter with the analog sensitivity set to have your character scroll across like i don't 15 pixels per minute really (laughs) really awkward design decisions for how the default configuration system is set up terrible looking character models the music is blaring away this trash metal garbo rock and so that'll be interesting (laughs) oh that took a turn yeah i can't wait you you talking about unreal tournament reminded me that tribes exists oh did you ever hear the rejected motley crew version of the tribes 2 theme song no where they just say tribes tribes over and over again for like two and a half minutes yeah i'll uh link it during the break that sounds that sounds terrible i'll play it for the i'll play it for the lovely people okay if cool. I remember. perfect all right let's, that'll, let's be our, that'll be our break time the song rejected motley crew theme song of track they actually got paid to do this shit <laughs> the bush
You know, I bet if SpongeBob didn't exist, I wouldn't be so deadpan today. <laughs> Are you IRL Squidward? Is Squidward your inspiration? Squidward's a fun oh my character. God. Oh my god. George is Squidward. Uh, fuck it. I'll, I'll own it. Oh, it all makes sense. You, you silly kids are causing typing. all sorts of trouble, and all I want to do is peacefully play my clarinet that I've never been good at anyway. I just want to peacefully make videos that we're never good anyway. <laughs> and everyone else is running around playing video games, having fun, and I'm not having any of it. <laughs> Can we just, like, roll into it? Because this is related to the news. <laughs> Okay, I guess I guess, I guess we started. I guess we started at Oh my God, George's Squidward. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. There. Holy crap! <laughs> the reason that's related to the news is because the upcoming Splatfest for Splatoon is yeah. gonna have SpongeBob be against Patrick. Which yeah. which team are you on, Jimmy? SpongeBob. There's Fuck no competition you. here. Oh, yeah, no, are you SpongeBob. kidding me? Patrick's have Sp way more fun. SpongeBob is ninety eight percent of the show. He's, he's Patrick is a dummy. Dude. Patrick is the George Costanza of so of, of SpongeBob. I was a George Costanza. Of no, Seinfeld. George Costanza is funny. I mean, Patrick's funny too. But yeah, like, he's he's the comic relief. SpongeBob is a everybody's sucker. the comic relief in SpongeBob. SpongeBob is like a minimum wage slave who who doesn't even know it. Patrick is the one who's having fun with life. Like I just want to rock. I yeah, just want to say you don't need a specifying house. like rocks. I'm specifying like SpongeBob circa let's say 2012 and before cuz I think everything after that has been pretty shit. No, I haven't uh, been keeping track. To be fair though, that's a ridiculously good ass run cuz didn't it start in like 2000. Um yeah, I don't know. The first First several seasons of Spongebob were amazing, but I have watched recent Spongebob and it's considerably less so, but I am still on Team Spongebob. Um, Patrick is just okay. Now, if it oh was like God. Spongebob versus Squidward or something, oh, I, I, maybe I can... Yeah. Why didn't they do that? Is Squidward like a less iconic character of the of the <laughs> recognizable Spongebob brand IP? I don't know. I would consider them three like the the trio like mr krabs and sandy and stuff a little less so but like i'd consider squidward up there maybe that's just me spongebob squidward uh patrick are are the the jerry the triforce no actually spongebob is more kramer than george costanza now that i think about it <laughs> so so who is mr squidward? krabs is is fucking george Mr. Yeah, Krabs is George. Yeah, he kind of looks like George. Yeah. Yeah. Who's so so does that mean that Patrick I, is Elaine? I <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. The more I think what? about it, the less this analogy works. No, it's it's just not working on almost any level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so the moral of the story is is that SpongeBob is nothing like Seinfeld. That's uh, yeah. but I also I came up with some random little funny adventure to go on that ultimately led us nowhere, but gave us a good hearty chuckle, just like Patrick Star. Hmm. I thought you were going to segue, but you just stayed on the same topic. Yeah. No, because this is a great topic. <laughs> this makes a it lot is a of good sense. Topic. I, I love this. Is way better than Transformers, in my opinion. I, I think so too. It's, it really fits the theme a lot in a way too good to be true, almost. Unless I mean, it was SpongeBob versus Squidward, yeah. I mean, maybe 
maybe I just it's just the fact that I don't really care about Transformers. <laughs> but that one that one happened and I was like, do I like purple or red more? Purple. And that was like my whole decision. Well, that was also like good guys versus bad guys. A little more traditional dichotomy between the two classes. SpongeBob and Patrick are friends. This is why I think Squidward would work better. Plus, in Splatoon, you were actually playing as Squid. So right. you have like traitor Squidward's squids. Squidward's technically an octopus, so. Oh, what a sneaky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to infiltrate them. That's why they won't allow him in. <laughs> They're fine with starfish and sponges. <laughs> We got a lot of the news docket today, everybody. Like, the, the topic, though, that, that we're already start- Matt, what do you think of, of SpongeBob versus Patrick being the next Splatoon Splatfest? I, I think um, the SpongeBob should take a uh, um, some advice from Seinfeld and end the series when it was good. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, that's what oh I think. Oh, my God. Wait, no, that wouldn't work. Oh, did Jimmy pull so, a George? No, I'm trying to think of because I was just gonna say Plankton has to be Newman in this in, in this, but then huh. Mr. Krabs would have to be Jerry. Mr. Krabs is not Jerry, right? There's no way. Yeah, so that that didn't work. It's okay though. We'll get there. I don't think we will, but until then, no, we will I, I get, highly doubt we will get to talking about the possibility <laughs> of a new Xbox SKU coming out alongside the new PS4 SKU heavily rumored, confirmed, but not officially announced by the company. I mean, confirmed by journalists, but not officially announced by the company. Um, I mean, OK, <laughs> that's that's for the PS 4.5, the the yeah, developments, I, the rumors of the X-Bone 1.5 or whatever, the Xbox I'm, 1.5. <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying I'm saying OK in general to this news that I just I. It's like this and the, the PS 4K or 4.5 or whatever the fuck they're calling. They're like, why? It, no, it can't it's be. Not, it, even though it's entertaining <sighs> for 4K, like to call it 4K. I don't know what people are getting it off like that they're going to be able to play games at 4K when yeah, I, first of I all, have a GTX 980 Ti. Yeah. Like you yes. can't play um, a 4K game like the games you like the people really want to play at 4K at you know like at a, a 60 FPS and they, they can't even do 1080p 60 FPS. Why the hell is this little little gadget that can't be over $400 is going to be able to run the game uh, a, a 4K image at 60 yeah. FPS or even 30. Because it's like, a snazzy marketing buzzword. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. exactly. Yeah. Because just like HD. Matt was saying, oh, first of all, nobody fucking makes games at 4K natively. It'd all be upscaled anyway. Mm-hmm. It'd just be fucking stretched image. So, like, first of Which all... Which is still better than, like, blurry image. Right, but it's not actually 4K. That would be like that's like fucking playing Castle uh, Castle Crashers classic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying that's to be like playing Castle Crashers classic on like a 1080p TV. (laughs) The game is still 720. Like it's not a 1080p game, so it's not gonna be a 1080p experience. It's just gonna be stretched to 1080p. It's just like the last gen with 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 PS3 and uh, 360, where like all the games were like at. Uh, 360 and 480 being upscaled to 1080i and and all this type yeah. of stuff and you're like 
oh my gosh, this game looks amazing uh, back in the days. if they do it right, they can at least like have the image appear to be sharp if like the right kind of <laughs> filters and, and scaling are applied. I, I, don't, I, I it would well, be Zachy's silly be like sharp you're saying. To cut you. It, it, it would be silly like you're saying to expect a native 4K resolution games to start cropping out on a cheap console within and the next year. Anything more than one frame per second. <laughs> yeah. Maybe two, but anyways. Um, but the, so so that's more cinematic. Think that the more two more logical, reasonable explanations behind these these rumors circulating so profusely is that either this is the version of the slim model with with a couple extra doodads that aren't ultimately that useless. I can't even that are ultimately not that useful or it's a new 3ds situation where they actually do push out a incremental hardware upgrade on a console that is entirely backwards compatible with the previous generation. The reason why I'm bringing this up now is because there's um, uh, FCC filings being put out for new Microsoft uh SKUs the NDAs for these filings expire during E3 and the filings also reference a user manual that references a product number that wireless hardware and the current Xbox one shares so that's why there's there's this NeoGAF user whose post blew way up everywhere speculating about how Microsoft is also planning a new SKU that might be a new version of the X-Bone, hopefully. Yeah, not. we don't really have any. It's just an Xbox brand SKU, right? Uh, it, it, the, the reason is it shares the same product number as internal hardware specs of the original X-Bone. Oh. And I, and they I, let this this uh, detail slide. Currently, the name of, of the hardware that they filed to comply with the FCC regulations with is under wraps, but they did reference a user manual for product number something or other that product number happens to be the same product number of current hardware in the x-bone i i don't get what's happening here um are they are what are they, they're, is this going to be an attachment are they going to want developers to make two versions of their game each time like what's i don't i don't get why why this is a thing you guys have 3ds's how does that work what do you mean? Well, 3DS games versus regular 3DS games. You just like, end up not getting games that, that actually use it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sucks for all the all six games that yeah. came out for the new 3DS. Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, that'll only be higher in the future. Uh, exactly. and, and the question is, are customers yes. really going to be yes. getting their, their 200 to $400 console purchase worth the cost over a long period of years because that's i mean what would piss everyone off is if suddenly a 300 hundred dollar machine they bought last year is already going to be phased out yeah it's as, like as far as, as, the the new, usually right. as far as the new 3ds goes uh the image looks better it has the extra nub on it that you can use as like a c-stick mm-hmm. so it provides extra functionality for games that could use it such as monster hunter which I got my new 3DS and played Monster Hunter 4, and it was amazing having that to control the camera on my right thumb instead of using my left thumb for movement and camera control on two different pads. Like, so like it's helpful in some games, but that's just because I liked my lineup enough to want better. Yeah, like like want them to run better. Like it made all my load times quicker, and then I was able to play the new 3DS games if I wanted to, which I didn't buy any. But um, 
Or, I don't know, is Monster Hunter 4 new 3DS only? I, I don't mm-hmm. remember. I don't think it is. No, it's not. You could use a you could use an old one. It's just slower. Right. Oh. It's a lot slower. My friend the has fact, it. The fact that this is even a thing like really turns me off from portables in the first place. There was well, an editorial from a um Bioware developer talking about how <laughs> incremental console increment new generation consoles coming out at a very small incremental level would just be a pain in the ass. Yeah. You guys you guys see that one? I think I think no, I, but I, I, I I get the gist of it. Okay. Um, like I don't really. I guess I can't really say I don't support the whole new 3ds thing because I bought one, but like, it's just because I have a pretty decent library of 3ds games that I would like I would pay to play on a better screen on a better system. But like <laughs> for the this supposed Xbox and the PS4, the only thing that I could see this processing power being helpful for is VR. Which seems to be, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, if that's the direction it's going in, then that's the most justifiable thing for these to be about. But yeah, like, like the drop the, the whole like 4K act, drop the whole like it's gonna make your games look so much better. Like, it's for VR. That's the purpose. The less yeah. blurry the line between these two pieces of hardware is, the better. Like, if yeah. one is specifically for VR and the other is for everything else, fine, perfect. I. I'd be kind of okay with that. But if it was a new 3DS situation where there was backwards compatibility shared between the two and you could play the same games but have a worse experience if you don't pay as much money for the newer, probably shorter lasting piece of hardware, then I'd I'd I'd, I'd be kind of turned off. That leaves I, a bad taste in my mouth. I just never seen attachments working. Well, and also these this is what i was also thinking about these don't sound like they're going to be attachments yeah i think this is going to be like a full-on new version yeah that's, this wasn't an fcc filing for a peripheral because the n64 expansion like, pack was 50 dollars, and that was fine people were okay with that it was a little bit of a nuisance but i, I don't yeah, remember I mean, people this, rioting in the streets it wasn't a sega for, situation for this kind of functionality i see this just like the ps2 slim or the ps3 slim or whatever like console that is like essentially the same thing but it's a little bit better and maybe not smaller in this case but it's just like it's like a streamlined version of the thing that they released a couple years ago yeah which i don't know maybe that'll make the ps4 prices and xbox one prices drop maybe i can play some of those exclusives yeah so yeah i think my priority is like best case scenario it's just the slim version of the current consoles with useless doodads Second mm-hmm. best scenario is that these devices are specifically built for that yeah, specifically built for VR have a kind of very walled in aspect that won't phase out the previous really expensive, really new consoles that people just got and want to get their money's worth out of. I can't think of any other situations really going well. Third best scenario. Yeah. This is an Xbox portable system, and it does terribly because that's a terrible idea. That is an absolutely garbage idea. This, this, oh, they, there's no exclusives on any of these damn systems, man. <laughs> like, holy crap! Well, I mean, there's some on, there's some on the PS4, but you know, and then you have Quantum Break, <laughs> which I still haven't yet to play. But like, there's not you mean not much stuff. BBQ. <laughs> Sorry, I cracked myself up. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that would. It'll be another uh, Vita. And we, we don't uh, want that. So, big news story. Speaking of another Vita. <laughs> oh, oh, what's what's this about another Vita? 
<laughs> that was my segue. Yeah, was, Go ahead. Yeah. Another Blizzard is coming out with a new handheld. No. <laughs> oh God. I'm I'm dropping the ball. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, there, there's fine, nothing George. to get. That's the point. The point it's is that fine. it's the worst. Just not you non-intelligent segue. You set me segue. up with a bad segue. We always set you up the bad segue. I never even noticed. That's our secret. I I I just like I just like when George doesn't get stuff. <laughs> I love it. I have not I even gotten that I've too. not been getting it this whole time. <laughs> you just, guys suck. All right, yeah, Blizzard. Let's talk about the thing. Blizzard got uh, DDoSed again by horrible people. Lizard Squad is claiming responsibility. Apparently, they're <laughs> also. I know a hiccup. Um, they just claim responsibility for everything these days, right? Mm. Uh, supposedly, employee emails have been hacked. People have been doxxed. It's horrible. It's terrible. Oh, no. And one thing that's really weird is that the article reporting on this that I found at GameZone.com introduces us by pointing out that they closed down the Nostalria servers. Yeah. So rephrasing this whole attack is kind of a revenge move on part of of uh scorned players which i don't is there any evidence for that yet i don't know i probably not i mean aside from sheer timing right right the timing is fortunate or unfortunate depending on your perspective i was wondering though when i was reading about this uh nostalgia server is this what you were playing on last uh last year when you were doing wow jimmy uh no i believe nostalgia only runs vanilla and i think i had like one burning crusade server oh okay um, I was running. God, what was that server? Right. Uh, sorry. No problem. I guess I the lesson learned is that these things are always really um, wishy-washy in terms of their legality. You don't have to pay any kind of fee to show up on them, right? No, Nostalrius was. Uh, it didn't even have any sort of like, as as far as I know, Nostalrius didn't have any sort of like donation incentives or anything I, I could be wrong on that don't quote me on that but from what i heard like because a lot of these servers the the private server i was playing on which i do not remember the name of um i would say it if i if i knew it i'm gonna i'm trying to find it while i'm talking but uh it's it had like oh if you donate at you know this amount to the server then you get like some items that can go to you or you get like a fucking what are those relics or do you know what I'm talking about? The items that like level up with you, so you don't have to change your build while you're leveling. I they're just, do like, not. Okay, no. they're like they're like tan colored text items, and they you just like put them on your character, and you just level up, and they're like a really good item for that level, and they level with you. So it makes leveling like super easy because you don't have to like worry about gear. Um, but like you you can get stuff like that or like like donation only mounts or whatever. But like I as far as I know, Nostalrius was just like dedicated to being just the pure game experience yeah so it was just like you could donate if you want but it doesn't like get you anything or whatever i mean when and i think they were all doing this voluntarily as well when the server hosts are making money off of it that definitely seems to put them in some sort of ethical culpability for earning money for making unauthorized reproductions of this subscription-based game that players can log on to for free but then give them money meanwhile nostalrius is not taking money but they're also still hosting a free version of this of game, a game that doesn't right, exist though. right oh oh it doesn't exist well world of warcraft exists i don't know not I, I, not it's it's a different game they're two different games world of warcraft vanilla and and whatever the fuck legion is that where we're at now they're two completely different games 
like the argument of archival could be made for Nostalrius, especially as they were making no profit off of it. And it definitely shows that like it's because Blizzard is not hosting classic servers that they are not like that these private servers exist. A lot of these people would just pay to be on a classic server, but yeah. Well, that's also why I think it could kind of go both ways is because they're cutting into a certain portion of probably a very, very small handful of people who'd still be willing to put up with paying for WoW, even though they'd rather play the old vanilla version. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's like the, the, uh, piracy like argument where, most people who pirate a lot of stuff would not typically have purchased that in the first place. And like, it's as far as I've heard, most of the people who play on specifically Nostalrius are people that literally just like, I just want to play classic. Wow. I'll pay for classic. Wow. If you put it on, but there's no other way to do this than for me to do it like this. And blizzard, like if they had classic servers that were open, like if this was a Legion server or whatever, I don't know if Legion's even out. If this was a Legion server, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, that'd be stealing subscriptions. They're or providing taking, the current service, but for right, free. Right, they're providing the same thing that Blizzard's providing, but for free. But this is providing something that Blizzard is not providing. Yeah, I get and, it. I just don't know if I sympathize with it. I sympathize, but I also don't connect them to the DDoS attack. Yep. Anyways, I mean, oh, if sorry. Blizzard Squad's taking responsibility for it, then until any actual lines are drawn between the two, I'm just considering that Blizzard Squad did this on their own accord for their own fucking reasons. Don't DDoS people, don't dox people. It's stupid and bad. And I hope that it that it has no connection to the actual Nostalrius people because that would be very damning. The there is one kind of gray area archival concern that bleeds into the the economics of getting a shitload of money, a shitload of value from not paying a lot of products, and that is that I care a lot about mods, and mm-hmm. one of the huge uh, mod hosting website networks shut down last year. The Filefront websites, which um. It was always just the name of the game files.com. The the ones I was always haunting were JK2 and JK3files.com, but they were owned by a parent website named Gamefront, which was owned by Defy Media. Last mm-hmm. year, Defy Media was slashing their video game um, media properties left and right. One of them included this network of uh, modding websites, and now they're closing down Gamefront itself, which is also kind of a last bastion of thousands of mods being hosted on this website very relevant to the video i made today this this stuff Mm. was just uh going away because companies change and old ways of making business don't remain profitable anymore mod db is promoting a uh drive for users to submit uh old mods from the gamefront website and move them over to mod db for preserving them but I I don't know, give it 10 years or so and mod DBs going to face the same problems. Nothing lasts forever. Mm. And it makes me, I, I was thinking about this when I was walking to get my burrito for lunch today. I was like, <laughs> wow, when I was a kid, I never would have thought I'd be living in a time where modding is almost irrelevant. 
it's uh was such a staple of growing up it was my hobby it was what i did i made and installed mods on almost every game i had and in a certain way like we almost knew that the writing was on the wall because everyone was getting such damn good value for their $50, like paying $50 Mm -hmm. for a game back then. And then having the possibility of literally any kind of entirely new game being made out of it, like buying half-life and then suddenly playing counter-strike within, with the same purchase. It was, it was in many ways too good to be true. Mm. Uh, but yeah, here we are. Um, all the file front network sites are closing down. Game fronts closing down and the mods just have to live somewhere else. One of my favorite maps ever, one, a real developmental milestone and where my interests are and what I'm doing right now was the, they might be Jedi map for Jedi Knight Two Jedi outcast, which was less designed for having a good arena fight with lightsabers than it was being a thematic party. Hmm. I downloaded it last year and have it as a backup on my hard drive. And it kind of breaks my heart to know that that map just might not be out there on the internet anymore. And I loved it. I extremely fond memories associated with something that's collecting dust on a physical hard drive. That's collecting dust. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I found it. The uh, server that I played on briefly was Warmain, uh, which runs Wrath of Lich King, Cataclysm, and I guess now Mists of Pandaria as well. Um, so it was. I played Wrath. I could play as a panda. Not vanilla, but like three, three expansions in, four expansions in? Uh, I guess three, four, and five now that they added Mists. So do you feel guilty at all that you weren't playing for free for their current service but rather a recent service uh i mean recent still isn't identical to the current service but also oh, yeah, okay. uh i feel absolutely no shame because blizzard took 180 dollars from me for a one-year subscription that i refused to pay for when i turned off my actual wow account uh three years ago and they just continued charging it um because it wasn't on my card i was using my parents credit card to do that uh, oh. Because I didn't have a credit card when yeah, I was younger. Actually, not three years ago. That was probably much farther back than three years ago. Um, but yeah, they, they just continued charging for the year. And then my parents were like, what's, what's this charge? Are you still using this? And I was like, has this been going for a long time? And then they made me pay them $180. And so, oh, no. But, yeah. And then I was like, hey, oh, Blizzard, what the fuck? There's been no account activity for over a year. I opted out of this. I'm pretty and then sure. they were like... Hey, we get that. We can we can't refund you, but we can give you a free month of WoW. And I was like, <laughs> you guys can fuck right off. I so. remember, I remember you telling us that. Like, that, that you, you, it's probably a lot of uh, the money coming in. I mean, not a lot of the money, but I'm pretty sure there's, there's a portion of the money coming in there just from like people that just forgot that they yeah. have a WoW account. Yeah, they're I'm, not going to cancel that. They, that's free money. Yeah, and I'm the thing is I. I would not be so mad if I didn't like when I stopped playing WoW, if I didn't go specifically to Battle.net and be like, okay, deactivate and detach my card. Like I like took the steps. I made sure that it wasn't happening. And then it just like $180 later. Feels bad, man. But yeah, fuck them. I don't care. Okay. I have I have as far as I'm concerned, I have at least a year worth of World of Warcraft that I can play before I owe Blizzard anything. 
<laughs> so Overwatch. we're gonna go on all the fucking private servers. Yeah, yeah. Where's the Overwatch private servers that I can mooch off of for like a year and then I'll buy it? Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding, of course. Don't fucking do that. Buy the game. Support the devs. Uh, In other news, Final Fantasy IX just came out on Steam. Woo! Woo! Wait, you I thought that was supposed it. to come out in January. You well, was right. Wait, I was right? No, you can add it to cart now. Oh, and for whatever reason, I thought that was supposed to come out in January. It came out today. Does it look apparently. okay? Like, there were some really shitty know. screenshots they showed when the unveiling. I, I have no idea. I hope it is, because th- that would be tight. I've been wanting to play this for a while, but I definitely don't want to play so, it on my PlayStation. Where's your enthusiasm? <laughs> Are you a FF9 kid like me? Yeah, I am. That was FF9 always my kid. favorite one, and that's yeah, that. It's yeah, it's my we're favorite. weirdos, dude. Everyone yeah, likes dude. FF seven or FF six. I mean, those are good games. I played those they too. Are, it's but just no FF nine. FF nine was <laughs> great. You know, it was cute. <sighs> it was fun. That's that's what I, I like about the fifteen demo. It it feels cute and fun, like FF nine. Yeah, and that that and then and then Final Fantasy ten came out, which I also beat, and I beat ten too, but. Uh, it was not like the old games. I guess that's oh, kind so of you're having some... flashbacks with that sphere grid and salt uh, sanctuary and and the greatest game ever made, Blitzball. Except you can't with Waka. Oh God, Waka! Everyone thought we were killing each other over Blitzball too, and I think I'm like, yeah. Blitzball sucks. <laughs> don't, don't, don't don't nub scrub. People will get mad, and we like those guys. We like you, Twitter guy. They, they wrong and they know it, guys. The problem is, is that it doesn't matter if Blitzball is good or not. That's not what I was talking about at the time, and you were just saying Blitzball sucks, and I'm like, I, I don't care. It could suck <laughs> well, no, or it no. doesn't suck. I don't give a shit. That's not what I'm talking about. No. What you need to understand is I I'm hate Blitzball upset. so much. I that don't a, care. Like, a mobile standalone release of Blitzball will make planet Earth worse. <laughs> The worse than it already is people people are yes, oh my gosh it will people already speed up global warming people are already people are <laughs> before they even have their their vr headsets people are already arguing that the vive is better than the rift or the rift is better than the vive all over in the comments and no one the majority of the world doesn't even have it that is that is that is that is the worst console garbage all right anyways i'm not i'm not i'm not going there anyways wait what does the vibe have to do with blitzball it no the the planet earth Uh, i live in a world where people are fighting over things they don't have okay i that that, for me that makes planet cyber apocalypse 2016 yes yes (laughs) all right anyways anyways speaking of um um yeah the earth becoming worse shit i don't know if Care- that's choose really your words work carefully in yeah this i know one. i do have to choose my words carefully so basically much like <laughs> real life wait no i don't know if that really works either uh, let's just not okay ooh. we're cutting both both of those segues oh we are because they don't actually fit with how to transition into the story because this is a weird topic to intro into with with phrases like that with so let's just say and now here's a new topic hey guys did you hear <laughs> about our next news topic which uh-huh. is that <laughs> the the um 
Gary Newman Gmod creator's new early access survival game, Rust, is imposing permanent gender and race characteristics on its users oh. on a Steam ID by Steam ID basis. <laughs> How nice. Uh, it, and it's randomized. Just like real life. Right. <laughs> if you're accidentally born in as as an impoverished oh, oh. Indian kid in the slums, you can't re-roll that shit. <laughs> Ooh. That's true. Ooh, George, you are ooh, you are on the borderline. Well, see, <laughs> you are swimming with the you are swimming with the sharks right now. I think this is really interesting, and I don't think it should be really on the borderline. Like, of course, people are getting angry about it because it's a topic in video games relating to race and gender, but it's also like a really uh uh kind of I want to say like bold and also experimentally valid and interesting way of having a game tackle that mm. because it's just a uh, kind of imposing a quote unquote quasi realistic rule set to the game that people deal with in real life. And that is you can't choose your race and gender in real life. Can't choose it in the game. See what that does to it. He wrote an editorial about what he was, how he was intending this to work for the purposes of gameplay that I actually thought was really interesting. He wants players to be able to recognize one another. He doesn't want them to change their appearance. So that way they develop reputations. If you want to start committing crimes in the games world, you have to wear a mask. And uh, mm. that that I feel is also really, really interesting because then, oh, let's say the first person who is a dick to you in Rust is like, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't say anything right now because no, the no, example no, I'm getting no, to is no that yeah, the next time you see a player that looks like that player who wronged you earlier, oh, you might judge. You might judge um, um, before knowing them better, which means you might right. prejudge, which means all of a sudden you have this really interesting situation where a game, a closed environment where these rules are imposed are are reenacting and playing with variables people deal with in real life. I think this is fascinating. I, I I am down with this. I, I could totally understand, you know, l little Bob, uh, little 10-year-old Bob logging into the game and playing um, a black guy with an afro and thinking that that's uh, it's not relatable. What if a black guy with an afro? Are we just to assume that little Bob is a white <laughs> cis male? Yeah. <laughs> that was all part of the plan. You just got wrecked, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Well, it, I I think is I actually quite like stuff like this because for me yeah. I see this as whatever random. Hopefully, there's a lot of like choices that they you know random a lot of faces and stuff that they go through because I, I would like to see unique things and not the same. I don't want a, a repeat. Um, mm -hmm. But seeing my own character uniquely generated, you know, you, I would develop a story for it. You know, like. I don't know. I would get inside of the game. I, I, I feel like that's something that games are just kind of not, they're, they're, they're not, they're not, they don't want to touch on this subject. And mm. I, I would love to be able to play as that, like you, 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 you look at your friends. Oh, what, what character did you get? What character did you get? And then you kind of like, so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's good. It's good. I don't, I, I think I, I wanted to talk about something, but I'm going to decide not to. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to decide. I think it's a good idea. I'm going to leave it as that. <laughs> See, I'm assuming, like, I, I don't have, like, responses up in front of me, but I'm assuming that the the ultimately majority response to this that is negative is from people who, are, it's, 
the the ignorant side, I guess. Right? I love, it's those I love, people who are yeah. who are mad at the people who like I don't mm. want to be a black guy or something, mm. as opposed to the people who like. What I'm saying is, I'm assuming that the backlash on this isn't from from like people who are trying to be progressive and think this is a bad way to be progressive. It's people that are don't want to be a black guy, right? The yeah, I mean, I mean, or don't want to be a black woman or a woman or any. That's why it's fascinating because it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you don't want to be a black woman. Too bad. Meanwhile, yeah. let's say you don't want to be a black woman in real life, and that's just oh, too bad. I, I don't know. Like that's <laughs> you know harsh, but that's also the kind of relation that that's the uh, oh the resemblance God. to real life that this rule is. Oh, come on. No, like this shouldn't really be as controversial as it is. Like I could imagine it being as controversial as it is if if this was a big major title MMO like like WoW or FF15. FF15, everyone looks perfect in FF15. Everyone wants to look perfect in FF15. But this is a cheap game. I wonder if there would be similar. What I was getting at is that like it's backlash from people who are like, I don't want to be a black guy or I don't want to be, you know, an asian woman or something like uh, just assuming that it's a person who wants to be you know a white guy or a just themselves and they like really are against the idea of being anything other than that i wonder if it would be different if it was like fantasy races or even not even races let's just say replace all the skin colors in the game with like a spectrum of blue through green like, do you think it would still be as bad if they couldn't make their own green person, or is it specifically because it's like, yeah, I wonder, real, real I wonder, because because then if it wasn't as bad, that means that people have some are res- fucking racist. Yeah, bum, bum, of course bum. they are. I mean, yes, of they are, but they like, are. I mean, but like, I'm. I wonder if the backlash would be like as loud from the people who are mad about this. Like, still couldn't choose gender, but instead of like races that we see in real life it's like you fantasy know stuff. blue green purple Elf, dwarf pink skin yeah. which is how fantasy games tackle race anyway yeah <laughs> remember yeah. dragon I, age origins how all the no. elves live in the ghetto and and or they zootopia get... i still need to see zootopia like it's that good honestly a lot of people talk shit about how fantasy worlds tackle racism through fantasy races but like i mean i think that makes it way more accessible to understand and empathize in a racism situation if it's completely disconnected from real life and then you could be like oh shit that's like that real thing it's worse than i thought but i was seeing it through racist eyes and now i can see it like in a thing that makes sense to me as like I don't know. I wonder if this uh, is going to go south. Like, I wonder if, <laughs> exactly. if so, like, I wonder, like, they're going to see a black guy or Asian person and they're going to, you know, they go the, 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 the route where they, hey, what's up, Ching Chong Ching, or what's up, yeah. black N-word, whatever. Like, yeah. I wonder if that's going to be a thing and how long it would last. Like, would it and pass the honeymoon I phase? Am, or I am so enthusiastically fascinated by this because yeah. this is a case where you are signing up to play a game by this rule and i want to see what relationships develop because of the rule maybe 
<laughs> maybe it would be hilarious and people in the game all start trending towards certain patterns of actual in-game racism maybe I, not I, either way i i fucking love I, it i think it's i think that's gonna happen there's gotta be something <laughs> it's gonna be like, hilarious is this out yet or is this a plan oh, yeah, no this, this was rolled out a couple days ago okay it was well, a plan changed long long ago but they actually went and did it this week i guarantee you that there is already like a whites only club somewhere <laughs> oh, in rust or something oh, my oh gosh, man dude. video games but at the same time Freaking i want to see Earth. i want to see <laughs> the know, fucking right? if that does Jesus. exist which i'm sure it does i want to see a guy who would be thinking along those lines who would be totally down for like a whites only club get rolled as a black character and not be able to join the whites only club in the game and then from the other racist white guys that is also because hilarious he, too because suddenly they know what it's like because suddenly it's like <laughs> meta racism yeah it's so great oh my i don't I, I don't know about great but it's something it's it's definitely if i wasn't something cracking worth up laughing about. i'm sure i would have picked a more wiser word but yeah. I think this is I, no, an I, exciting I and bold experiment in a place where it's appropriate to experiment. Like a $20 well, jank ass Steam early access game. Fine, go ahead, do whatever. I, I would be angry if this was happening in more expensive games. But but here it seems like there's uh, less at stake. Less Bob at stake is to facilitate a, the experiment. A good, good old time. Good, have a good time, Bob. Who's Bob? <laughs> Bob's the little kid playing the the big now, black guy with an afro. Now I wonder about everybody who enters this game like like mentally prepared to be nothing like their self and then just like rolls a character that's identical to them. They're like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that also like begs the question of just how escapist video games are supposed to be in the first place, which is another reason why I think this is so fascinating. Like it really turns a lot of the uh, concepts we take for granted in video games straight on its head. Mm. Ah, it's great. It's interesting. I, I, you, you know what? I won't change my word. I will say it's great. I, 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 I think that it's, quite- I think, I think I could just specify that you mean the, 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 this change in rust is great. Not the, potential racism that could come out of it yeah i think the experience Obviously. of the developers experimenting like going over the data and the actions that they see players um take because of this change is going to be a lot of fun and kind of a learning experience for all of us or mm-hmm. it could be nothing and people just become racist in game oh it's already it something it. People are fear. Okay, I was trying to mention this earlier, but the, the, the subtitle that the Guardian chose for this article couldn't be more hilarious. Russian and transgender players of Rust are unhappy. Oh, <laughs> and and that's like a quote that Gary Newman himself is saying in this article. He says, uh, "Most complaints about being black in this game have generally been from Russian players." <laughs> Oh my gosh. Which is like a generalization about people making generalizations. See, but and, and that's great. the other thing is I, is I the title is say. It's great. Russian and transgender people are are upset. That was the other thing is I was wondering if there are any like like transgender people who identify as a certain, you know, gender or don't identify as a gender or whatever, you know, they identify as now no longer have an option and they get sorted as whatever 
Like, I wonder what that means to them. Oh, probably. But, I mean, sucks. I guess it's imposed on everybody. Exactly. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just there the are so many facets to this one simple trick and gamers hate him. <laughs> oh, man. I think we I think we've talked about this for yeah. a while. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's so leave much, it on. So with many the, things you could say. There's a nice it is, it is the the biggest can of worms. Yeah. I, and, and I, I love laughing at garbage. So this huge can of worms rotting in the sun is absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me because what we are doing is we are looking into the can of worms and seeing ourselves. <laughs> All right. So next time I stared into the can of worms. Next time, George, the can of worms stared back. I'll pull you aside uh, uh, the next MAGFest and we can both go to the black cosplay panel where they okay. talk about. Where they talk about all the racism that happens to black cosplayers and how they get they they say, why don't you play the black character in this game instead of dressing up as the white character? What? But but the white person who's saying that is dressing up as an Asian character from an anime. I we could go and see that because there there'll be a lot to a lot of stuff to laugh at in there. Dude, it gets thick. It gets so thick. There's just like the simplest thing of like somebody, somebody like mentioned to a black person that I was hanging out with at a thing like because we we're talking about costume stuff and they were like, like, you'd make a great Finn from Star Wars. And it immediately was like, would they or are they just black yeah. Like in my head? In my head, I said this, yeah. but I was like, was that your thought that they would actually make a good Finn or are they a good Finn because they're a black person? What, what I and realize I like, as a as a black dude is I realize some people really don't think that like they just don't think about it. And nope. they they're like not I want to say like, oh, they're secretly racist, but like. They don't really think about it. Sometimes they grew up a certain way, you know, they didn't grow up around diversity and stuff like that. And it it just kind of sneaks out and they just they have these opinions that are just wrong. And I've met so many people Uh, like that. And it's just it's hard. Not it's hard. It's hard to be like, okay, like I've learned now since moving to Georgia, because in, in Florida, I don't have we don't have this problem as as we hear up here in the north area in, in in the usa i just learned to be like okay and i pet the little white guy on the on the back and like and i just move on with my day that's just yeah, like uh my a friend of mine posted have you guys seen that you can do it motivational video by that japanese guy where he's like standing in like like waist deep water no 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 it's okay. It's this like really famous like meme video because this guy just like made a motivation uh, motivational speech and it's just like all in Japanese. It's like like saying in Japanese like you can do it. I promise you can do it. Don't stop. Don't give up. And it's like really like motivational because it's just so sincere. And my a friend of mine posted that on Facebook and some guy was like like brought up that like Jackie Chan was recently like in the Panama Papers revealed that he has like offshore accounts or whatever, like tax evasion stuff. And he's like, yeah, never give up tax evasion, Jackie. And everyone was like, oh, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what does this have to do with Jackie Chan? And he was like, cause Jackie Chan in the Panama Papers. And we were like, this guy's Japanese and his name is in the title of the video. And it was like, 
Ugh. Yeah, like, but he's an Asian person, so that means he's the same right. as the only other Asian oh person I know. Right? The, guy, the guy apologized, but it's that situation that, but like, he, see, he doesn't know. Like, he doesn't yeah. know that yeah. it's wrong. Like, it's it's yeah. weird the world we yeah. live in, that and that's they're just why not love, educated enough. That's why I love the this rule of this game is that it forces you to recognize it. To like by by forcing the player outside of their comfort zone, they may they may be like, oh. Now I kind of get it a little, mm. may, maybe not get it, but at least like understand maybe 1% more of, of how, how racial dynamics are shaped in the real world by I, emulating it in the game. I wonder if yeah. you're going to be able to build a wall and make other Rush players pay for it. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Dude, I was just thinking, this is like <laughs> what, what I talk about when I'm like, oh, game developers can use game uh tokens and in rule changes to to <laughs> resemble or manipulate facets of real life and and this is doing it in not a tropey way either like this is this is new yeah this is, i i think i might give it a try just to see just to see what you get and yeah. how other people treat just you just roll for the it. dice i have oh, to i have to and i'll take a picture and everything and then probably post it up it would but be I, a fun video wouldn't it yeah yeah just to see like, people's reaction and stuff. Whether they react or not, like, that is mm. relevant. Oh. Because, you know, if they don't react, then you're like, oh, great, humanity works. Th this is assuming you roll something weird, like like an oblivion-faced purple person. If people accept <laughs> your oblivion-faced purple person for who they are, not what they look like, then you can be like, yeah, humanity wins again. But then, you know, if, if whatever dominant oblivion face style and skin color d gets all the power, tries to oppress you down, you'll be like, oh, humanity loses again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait till we have spaceships so I can just leave planet Earth and leave all the <laughs> plebs here. Just play video games in a spaceship until I, yeah, you die. I'm just, once I get my VR, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I'm not, everything is going to be in there. She just, just, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm away. All right. So, yeah. yeah. In the meantime, uh, well, be sure to rate yeah, us five star on your way there. Yeah. yeah. As you soar through space, decaying yeah. away, playing rate. VR games. Grab your mom, too. Take to the stars and rate us five stars. Yeah. Send your mom a faster than light hologram te telegraphic neural message. Tell, dude, tell your mom to give faster than light a chance. It's a really good <laughs> roguelite simulation game where you play on a spaceship and you control a crew. You go through eight like like areas in space. It's it's pretty fucking good. I played I played a few hours of it. Just like just tell your mom like maybe it would be the right game for her to try out. Like maybe she wasn't into like road lights before, but this one's not really like you know twitch reaction or anything. Right. It's slow, strategic. She can take her time. You know, Don't make that do make another know. video. Dude. Ask ask your mom. To, <laughs> I do I do want so bad. Ask your mom to make a new Steam account. Play Rust, see what she gets, see how people treat her for it, and compare oh, it to your experience of how people treat your character for whatever you roll, and then have a conversation about it. Maybe learn about about the dark depths of this can of worms that we all are are writhing around inside of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, speaking of writhing around, we'll see you guys next week. Right. Bye. Adios. Bye.